Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Isn't God good? Amen. You know, it's amazing. You can travel all around the world and come to a church and feel at home. Isn't that wonderful? Come on. Give God a big hand. You can, come, you can travel all around the world and come walk straight into a church and feel like I've known you for 100 years. Not like you look like 100 years, but you know what I'm saying. You, you just feel at home. You just connect. Isn't that just so beautiful about the body of Christ? Amen. Well, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for this amazing morning, God. I thank you that you'll invest and sow into this fertile ground, God. I thank you for the purposes, the plans, the destiny that you have for this church and its people and the families here, God. We thank you, Lord, that they're touching nations and raising up people, God. I thank you for this time together. Anoint my mouth, my tongue, my lips, Lord, and I pray that you would help me articulate what you are wanting to say to your precious people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, this word I'm speaking this morning is very prophetic. So this is not just uh, a sermon that I found on the internet somewhere, not just, you know, a Saturday night. How many of you remember? I remember when I was pastoring, man, I would be running around the whole week trying to find something to preach, and then Sunday night, you've, Saturday night before Sunday, you'll find something. That's not one of those words. This word God has put in my spirit over a period of time, and I've just been waiting on the Lord and waiting, and uh, I, I really feel this word is for all of you here in this church, perhaps even for the church, perhaps even for the leadership, but I want to speak about to everything there is a season, to everything there is a season. And just by the way, um, just um, a little bit of an introduction, Dean and myself live in Charleston, South Carolina, but we were part of a great church in South Africa. We saw a church grow from 2,000 to 38,000 people. And, and we can contribute the growth to worship. So is it crystal, isn't it crystal? I want to tell you that I love worship. And I just saw this morning when you were just ministering and speaking about worship, just the sense that you have about worship. But th this is the revelation that I've received about worship. Do you know that God cannot worship Himself? God doesn't praise Himself. God doesn't thank Himself. He doesn't, I don't see anywhere in the Word that God says He gets up in the morning and worships Himself. And this is the revelation I got, Crystal, that when we do for God what He cannot do for Himself in worship, He then does for us what we can't do for ourselves in worship. I want you to think about that. Every time you worship God, you're actually doing something for God He cannot do for Himself. And so when you do that, He looks down from heaven and says, I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Seeing that you're doing something for me I can't do, but I'm going to do for you. Come on, church. So worship should never just be a couple of songs on the overhead projector. Worship should be that place, that moment in time that you're connecting with God in such a way that He's moved. Amen. Come on. 
And so I, I just want to tell you, I'm so thankful that I grew up in a worshiping culture in our church. And I, uh, I love worship. I travel a lot. I always love worship. I always gravitate towards the worshipers because I believe that that's what the church needs to be doing. Amen? Okay, let's go straight into the Word. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, probably part of the Bible where the pages still stick together. Let's go there real quick, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and uh, I'm going to get right into it because the question this morning is, can I, can you discern the season? What's happening in the season? And I believe that, you know, when you look at the calendar, the, the Hebrew or the Jewish calendar, my wife's Jewish, and so I'm very familiar with the Jewish calendar. And so when you look at uh, this here, which is 5779 in the Jewish calendar, it actually means three different things. Usually it's only just one thing that, you know, they have one definition. But this year, it actually means new beginnings. New beginnings. Amen. Come on. It actually means a new birth. Say new birth. New beginnings. Amen. Come on. And listen to this. It means new wine. So I believe that as a church, you've stepped into a place, and I believe that this is going to be a season of new beginnings. Amen. Come on. And uh, all our lives, in all of us, we, how many of you, you know that you incorporate seasons? And, and we live in cycles, and we go through these cycles in life. I've come into the best cycle of my life. I'm in my mid-50s, I'm strong, I'm more, uh, you know, I'm more um, 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 hungry for God, I'm more excited about the kingdom than I've ever been before, you know, when I'm in my, how many of you know when you're in your 40s, you have these aspirations, when you're in your 50s, you got to the summit, amen? Hello, come on, not a lot of chatter going on. How many of you sense you're in the best time of your life? And it's like the first half has come to an end. How many of you know I played rugby in the first half? You all get into the change room, and that's where the real speeches are made in the second, before the, the second half. Amen. Come on. The first, you know, the first couple of minutes before the first half, it's just a little bit of banter. But when you walk into that change room after the first half, you're actually going to hear from the coach. Come on, church. Speak to me, somebody. And I believe that you're about to enter the second half. And the third half, and the fourth half, and the fifth half, until you've accomplished what God has wanted you to accomplish. And I just look at this, and I, and I sense in my spirit strongly this morning that the majority of us in this auditorium are in a season. You're in some type of a season. Maybe it's not a familiar season, but things are about to change. Amen? Come on. And God says, I want to raise your hope and raise your faith. And I want to put back the fire that you had in your spirit. Amen. Come on. Maybe it's a season of learning. Maybe, maybe it's a season of just waiting on God. But maybe it's a season where you need to step up into your assignment and say, God, I've been dreaming about my assignment. I, I, I'm wanting to touch nations. You know, one of the biggest things that happened to me in 2008, I connected with a man called Chayanne from HIM. And I want to tell you, he stretched me. I felt like chingum. He just stretched me right into the assignment. It's, sometimes I even thought I wasn't even ready. But it's amazing when you hang around people that are continuously moving up the summit that you can actually move with them. You may not necessarily feel like you can get there, but when you look again, you're there. Amen. Come on. 
You may not even have all the blueprints and all the maps and all the vision, but just hang around people that fly higher and you'll fly with them. Come on, it's called faith. I'm not one. My wife needs everything on paper. How's this going to work? She's got a little bit of a Jewish branch. They, you know, they like to know the nuts and the bolts and the beans. They bean counters. How many of you know that Jews are bean counters? My wife wants to know black and white. How's it going to happen? It's like when we go on holiday, it's like a whole book that I have to write. We're going to go there and we're going to go there. To me, I just get in the car, Uber, let's go. (laughs) And I believe that the greatest mistake we make is when we're about to change lanes and we take what worked last year into the new lane. We mess up. So let's just read a couple of little verses. It says, to everything there is a season and a time. Now listen to these words. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. And some of you are going to step into a new time. Some of you are going to step into a new purpose. You've never been there before. Come on. And it says here, time to be born. How many of you excited about that? Two people. That's fantastic. How many of you are excited that you weren't born in 1652? Still not a lot of enthusiasm. How many of you are excited that you're actually born for such a time as this? Yes, I was born for such a time as this. Amen. God didn't make a mistake. He knew exactly the hour and the moment and the year that you could actually make entry onto the platform called earth so that you can accomplish all that God has for you now. Amen. Come on. When I look around this room, I see amazing talents. I see amazing giftings. I see amazing uh, giftings and anointings even laying hidden in some of you. And God's about to reach into your heart and pull those things to the surface. Because all of you in this room, if you're born again, you're qualified to step into this beautiful thing called opportunity. This is such a prophetic opportunity for you as a people. And so when I read here, it says a time to die. How many of you know we don't need to fear death? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Come on. Death is the most amazing graduation for a Christian. Time to break down. Time to build up. Time to weep. Time to laugh. Time to mourn. Time to dance. I don't know about you, but I love dancing. Time to cast away stones. Time to gather stones. Praise God, they didn't gather stones this morning when the prophet came. Pray, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Time to get, time to lose, time to keep, time to cast away. Don't you think it's time to cast away? Get rid of some of the stuff that you've been holding on to so you can find your buoyancy again. How many of you need some buoyancy? I need some buoyancy, amen? When we fly little planes, I fly a lot of little planes uh, around, uh, you know, Africa and the places I go to, and they're always looking to put me in the seat where there's not a lot of other people so I can actually keep the plane from tipping over. Amen, come on. Some of you need buoyancy. How many of you need buoyancy? This is the year of buoyancy. We've only in the third year of the year. March is just the third month. We're in the third month of this year. Say, God, I need some buoyancy so I can step into every opportunity. Come on. Amen. Time to love. 
And then it says a time to hate. But he's not speaking about, well, you know what? I can hate that person that took my parking. How about hating the stuff that God hates? How about just saying, God, I'm going to sever everything and fracture everything that you hate, God. I want to love what you love, and I want to hate what you hate. I love this stuff. What profit remains for the workers from, from his store? Now listen to the next verse. I've seen the painful labor and exertion and business which God has given to the sons of men, which, which to exercise and busy themselves. But listen to verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And you may be saying, but pastor, I I don't understand the next season. I don't have a navigational system. I don't have a prophetic word. Everybody seems to be heading in this new direction. But let me just say this to you. Sometimes you're going to have to allow God as he brings you into this new season. You're going to have to say, God, I want for me to do. Now, I want you to listen to this. For you to do in my life what I need in this next season. God, will you come and undo some things and redo some things so I can see set my course. What are you going to have to do in the next season of your life? Can you go to God this morning and say, God, I I just want you to just come and undo some things. And God, I know you're setting my course, but would you come and undo some things and, and, and redo some things in my life so I can actually find my purpose? Sometimes that's the hardest thing. Amen. Come on. I've been married 33 years this year. Just, 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 just a little, I mean, it was like this 33 years later. I'm realizing as a husband and as a father and now as a grandpa, hallelujah, I love being a grandpa. You know why? I can spoil them and I can give them back. Amen. Come on. I can feed them all the sugar they want and I can hand them over afterwards. Amen. Come on. I don't have to change a diaper. I don't have to hang. I just feed them sugar, just get them really rallied up and hand them back. Thank you, Jesus. I can kiss that little baby's face. I mean, I just love being a grandpa. But after 33 years of marriage, I realized that some things in my life that I have to undo and allow God to come and redo some things for me to accomplish. So sometimes we just have to shift our minds and shift our mindsets a little bit and say, God, I'm not going to have a religious mindset. Would you come in and help me to undo all these preconceived ideas about what I thought the kingdom was and what the kingdom wasn't? And God, would you come and redo some things in my heart so that I can find the traction I need to touch nations? Is this speaking to somebody? Because sometimes, how many of you know, even in our church culture, we can become people of habit. Park in the same place, sit in the same seat. Amen. We even use the same Christianese. Hallelujah. Praise God, brother. And we don't shift gears to understand that God is trying to pour into our spirit new things, new concepts, new revelation. This brother sitting over here, what is your name? I want to tell you, you're coming into a season of supernatural. There's a supernatural anointing on you and your wife for business. And God says, I'm going to shift some things into place so that you can find the traction you need and desire because of what you have in your vision. Amen. Come on. This may be a little small season of sadness and mourning, and that's the most beautiful thing we can do. 
But then God says, there's going to be another season that I'm going to put things in your heart to see the commerce and the business over your life shift. Come on, some of you have been waiting. So God, when's my shift going to come? God says, I can't shift you until you undo some stuff so I can redo some stuff. Amen. And actually, in fact, what I'm actually saying, when you break that down, it's called surrender. I'm just going to surrender everything. Amen. Come on. Because there's an amazing scripture in Philippians 1.6 that always gets my attention. You can go there, Philippians 1.6. And I just love the way Paul writes this. And by the way, the guy sitting on the front row, that's called the splash zone. And it flakes off in about two hours. Is that okay? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's like, let me see how far I can spit. Okay. As long as I don't lose anything else. Philippians 1 6, this is what Paul says. He says, I am convinced. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. And Paul says this. He says, I am convinced of this very thing that he who started a good work in you, in you, will bring it to completion. When? Every microsecond of every moment while you're sitting there in that seat, while you're driving your car, while you're sitting in service, while you're worshiping God, while you're doing your shopping, while you're looking for, for sugar in aisle nine at Coles, God says, I am busy completing the work. And then we stop reading. Because in my Bible it says, and develop. God says, not only will I complete the work, but I will develop the work. The process you're in is bringing you to perfection. Amen. Come on. And you're moving from one season into another season. But how many of you know that we're going to have to confront the season of in between? How many of you have ever been in between two seasons? It's like, I know what last season was like, and I don't know what the next season will be, but how do you worship in the season of in between? How do you pray when you're in between two seasons? Come on, church. God says, I want to give you wings in the season. I want to give you sight in the season. Amen. Come on. How do you cope? How, you know, it's amazing. You know, I came out of an amazing uh, and I love these men. I love the Word of Faith guys. And, you know, I had Kenneth Hagen um, Sr. that was my lecturer at Bible school. And uh, Kenneth Copeland and all these different guys. And I love those men. I love the people that taught me faith. But how many of you realize that sometimes we can have a theology of living from a place of victory? But how do we cope when we find ourselves in the valley? When we find ourselves in a place where we've been overlooked where we've been misunderstood, we've been misquoted, we've been taken advantage of. How do we deal with that? How do we deal with the unfamiliarity of a season? God, we don't know. We thought it was going to be good, but then when we arrived, everything went south. Anybody been there? Don't put your hands up. I've been there. I remember when my wife and I, we said, God, you know what? We're going to go to Australia. And uh, we just felt God calling us. Somebody gave us an invitation. The invitation came. We were doing well in America. I was on two cable uh, networks. TBN had me up there almost every week. Uh, you know, everything was going good. I was the blue-eyed boy. Hallelujah. 
And then somebody said, why don't you come to Australia and we'll set you up here and we'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll, all the promises were made. And we, went, we came over as a family first. That's my wife. Let's go and have a look. Let's go and spy at the land. And when we got here, our kids, Jonathan was about eight, nine. Daniel was about five. And Gabby was just a little baby. And, uh, and uh, we arrived in Australia, and the kids loved Australia. My eldest boys, all my kids, they love the bush. I used to be a game ranger. I used to take people on safaris into South Africa, and I still do. And, um, and so we, we took, you know, the kids there, and they were picking up worms and moths, and we saw kangaroos and koalas, and, and, the, and we watched the kids, and Dee looked at me and said, I want my kids raised here. And that was the answer I needed. So I said yes to the invitation, got to Toowoomba, and in three weeks we looked at each other and said, what did we do? <laughs> what happened? Everything fell through the mat. Do you know what that means? All the promises that were made were not kept. That We were there without a car, without a salary, three little babies, three little kids. I'm having to look, you know, find my ministry. I have to get money. I have to, and I was working for this organization. And, uh, and you know what the Lord said? I, he said, I'm teaching you how to trust me. This is an unfamiliar season, but in the season, if you will trust me, I am going to show you my generosity. And I'm going to teach you how to allow me to do some um, um, work on your heart. Come on, man. And I want to tell you, I stayed with that organization for three years, no salary. We had to just trust God for every single thing. And God said, I want you to serve them like Joseph served. I want you to get a serving mentality. I want you to serve them. And in my serving, listen to me, the first year we were there, $380,000 came into my ministry. Never got a salary. God says, see? How you act in between seasons, how you worship in between seasons, how you pray, how you live your life, how you act, how you show off who God is in those seasons when there's nothing happening around you. There's no, there's no one sending you, you know, there's no income, there's no, it's almost like you feel like a little bit of a foreigner. I felt like a foreigner all my life. God says, you're not my foreigner, you're my citizen. Amen. And I want you to hear some of you sitting here today and you're in between seasons and suddenly this, this shift is happening. I can just sense it all over this church that you guys are about to see a shift. There's a new season. You've never been there before. And that's the exciting thing. Come on, give God a hand. Let me tell you something. Faith will give you direction. Prophecy will give your direction a promise. How many of you know it's no use just going in a direction? You need a promise. Ruth chapter 1. Let me just go quickly to Ruth because I have to be just a little bit more. I'm looking at the clock there. It's counting down real quick. <laughs> Ruth. Let's go to Ruth real quick. Let me show you something about little Ruth's life. Ruth is an amazing, 
um, example of a young lady, a, a person, a generation, call it what you want, that knew that there was a shift coming and that she had to understand the season that she was in. Come on. She had to understand the season that she was in. Ruth chapter 1. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Ruth chapter 1 verse 15. Are you guys okay? Just say shift. How many of you know that, you know, I hear these words all the time because I travel a lot. Oh, God, we're just going to shift this and shift this and we're bringing a shift in the heavenlies. How about establishing something? We spend so many years shifting and God says, how about establishing? And because you've established something in the city and it's strong and the roots go deep, 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 you will have the platform of authority to bring the change that you desire. You're not trying to bring change from, a, from, a, from something that's buckling. You, you're bringing change from something that's strong. Amen? Come on. I think it's good. And so Ruth, chapter 1, verse 15, it says, And Naomi said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Why? What happened? Suddenly. Just say suddenly. Just say, everybody say it. Say Suddenly. There was a change in the routine around Ruth's life. And suddenly, sometimes the routine in our life changes because God had another thought. <laughs> How many know that God thinks things through? How many know that God has ideas? And we're just walking down this road and we're thinking everything's good. And suddenly, right when we think we're just going to do this for the rest of our life, God has another thought and changes our coordinates. I hope you got that. Because just like that, God can change his idea. He says, you know what? I have another idea for this house. I have another idea for this church. I'm going to bring you into a place you've never been before. I'm going to give the coordinates to you. But guess what? You're going to have to find your journey. And listen to this. And Ruth said, urge me not to leave or turn back from you following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. The Lord do so me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. What happened? She moved from a season of knowing. She's moving into a season of unfamiliar living. Had never been to where Naomi had come from. Had never been in this place before. Come on. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more. In other words, I believe we can miss out of the opportunity because we locked into the struggle instead of seeing the future. We're so locked into the struggle of turning the ship or locked into the struggle of not wanting to understand the next phase. We're locked into the struggle. Why are they change? How many of you know we hate change? How many of you hate change? We resist change. But how many of you know when you join, when you connected with this kingdom, change was going to happen? It's like adaption. I had to adapt all through these years in ministry. I've kept on adapting, adapting, and it's been good for me because I'm just such a creature of habit. And now I'm just like, okay, God, you do whatever you want. I'm ready to go, fly, be, do whatever, whatever you want to go. And this is an amazing a little example that we need to start to adjusting our mind, start to adjust your faith and your mind Start to adjust your vision and say, God, I'm not going to just be fixed on one thing. How many of you know that your GPS can mess you up? 
Myself and Sandra found out that this morning. It's like the GPS was speaking all sorts of other languages, trying to tell her to go north, go into the city. Go across the bridge. And I'm looking at that GPS and saying, you lying thing, you, I rebuke you. I don't trust my GPS. Some of you live by your GPS. You need to realize that sometimes you need to put that GPS away and trust God. Stop trusting the voices, the economy. Oh, the economy's bad, and oh, the devil's coming, and oh, the Russians are coming, and this one's coming, and all these different voices. And because you hear all these voices, you put your vision, your purpose, your plans on hold. Amen. Come on. Stop that. Just say, God, I want to hear your voice. Because he has another amazing scripture, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11. Uh, um, God said to Jeremiah, and this is where you are right now. And according to what comes out of your mouth was uh, what I believe God's going to do for you. Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah doesn't say, I don't see anything. He's, it's, he says this. He says, Jeremiah says to him, uh, God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see the bronze or shoot of an almond tree blossoming in late winter. What blossoms in late winter? Zero. What was he seeing? He was seeing the unfamiliar as familiar or the invisible as visible. And what is the next verse? It's, and God says to him, Jeremiah, now that you have seen, now that you have seen, I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see the change? Can you see this next season? Can you, have you got it in your spirit? Because the next verse, it says, and God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you have seen well. And because you've seen well, now I can accomplish my word. Amen. The harvest you need is in your mouth. Come on. The harvest you need is in your mouth. The harvest you need is in your mouth. God is shifting some of you, positioning you for your assignment. Amen. Come on. How many of you know that David could not avoid Goliath? That was his season. It was unfamiliar. Can you imagine when, when Samuel anointed David with oil? That was unfamiliar to David. But it launched him into the next season. When you read the word, Peter could not deny meeting Jesus on the water. Jesus, out of all those men, Jesus picks Peter and says, Peter, come to me. He didn't say that to Judas. Didn't say that to James. He said that to Peter. Something happened in that transition. Joseph could not avoid jail. It's just something about the journey God takes us on. And sometimes we go and say, but Pastor David, Pastor John, it's not beautiful. It doesn't look beautiful right now. Everything looks bleak. I don't know why I'm in this situation. What I would say to you is this. Wait for the process to be fulfilled because you're stepping into a great purpose. It's amazing we want to detour around the processes of life, and yet we want to be rewarded because of our faithfulness. And God says, no, you have to go through this valley before you can get to the mountain." Now, I'm not saying you're going to have to go through unnecessary valleys, but when you find yourself in a place like this, when there are Goliaths around your life, Goliaths are meant to be killed. Mountains are meant to be climbed. Come on. 
Jesus could not avoid the cross. He had to go to the cross. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. Amen? And when you look at the word, there's so many different things that I can think about. But it's, but it's what we do in the in-between. Don't stop in the in-between. Keep on moving forward. Ask God for a new momentum. This say, God, give me the momentum to take me into the next season. Because I understand I'm in the in-between. But God, I'm going to function in the in-between. I'm not going to stop in the in-between. Amen. Come on. Quickly, I'm going to give you four. I'm calling them suggestions. Is that okay? Because sometimes you say, we're going to give you four principles and people think, no, I'm going to give you four ideas, four suggestions that you can take with you in this journey into the next season. Number one, you have to make up your mind. It's a place you determine your focus. It's a place we determine our focus. Don't give up in this season. You've got to birth what you're carrying. And sometimes we, we birth things prematurely because we, can't, we don't wait for the full process. I'm like a little bit like that. When I first got in ministry, I'm very, I was very impetuous. You know what that means? Impatient, impetuous. Let's go. I'm running out 300 miles an hour. And my wife's saying to me, you're actually giving birth to too many things prematurely. Wait until the process is actually complete. Amen. Don't run out ahead of God. You've got to choose. And you know what? In this, in this section of it, maturity, this is where maturity is tested. Can you wait? But in the waiting, can you determine your focus? Number two, it's a place you determine your dependence. And David says it so well in Psalm 63. Let's go there quickly. Psalm 63. Let me just read you a scripture. Psalm 63. This is where you determine your dependence. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. Do you get that? He's not just saying flipping things. He just, he's serious. He's saying, God, I am determined to tell you that you are everything that I need. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where there no water is. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. So will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. This guy was dependent on God. God says, you know what? I'll give you the manna, but you're going to have to get up and find it. Come on. God's your source in the season. Number three, it's a place you decide who you're going to trust. So number one is my focus, my dependence. And number three is it's a place we decide to trust. Listen to me. Freedom is waiting for you in this season. When you don't know how to trust, you will never walk in freedom. I'm going to trust God to step off. Lord, we've been doing this thing for 30 years, for 15 years. Whatever it is in your department or in your, whatever it is, your marriage, your children. You know, in my life, I've had to change gears and change lanes a couple of times. I was happy just to be a circuit pastor, just traveling around the world, just prophesying. And God says, no, I want you to connect to a bigger identity, to a bigger family. Sure, I was part of a church. 
And then with HIM, I'm part of a HIM, HIM, I'm part of the apostolic um, um, core group, but my, 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 my function on my card is I'm the apostolic ambassador, and so I go to all the major cities around the world, like London and Paris and I go to uh, places like Scotland, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Sydney, big major cities. And my responsibility is to meet transformational leaders and to sit down with leaders and government leaders. That's why I'm so grateful that you guys are so government. Politics, the seven mountains of influence. And at the moment, we oversee 25,000 churches in 70 nations. So it gives me a little bit of insight of what's going on. But guess what? I wasn't that type of a thinker just 15 years ago. If you mention 25,000 churches, you're like, whoa, that's like, whoa, that's just out of my vision. But now that I'm there, it's like, wow, God, we could have, we could oversee 100,000 churches in 125,000 nations. It doesn't matter. Amen? Come on. Just bloom where you planted. Just see it. Say, Sydney is our parish. New South Wales is our parish. Australia is our parish. But I'm going to have to adjust my mindset. Because we have to move from membership to kingdomship. That's the key. Just say that. Membership to kingdomship. Last one. The final thought. Your season will only last as long as you want it to. Your season will only last as long as you want it to. You don't have to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. It could have been a six-day journey. You could have been there for three days, six days, maybe a week, maybe six months. But you didn't have to stay in your season for 10 years. You determine how long you want to stay in your season. Amen? Why? What are you going to have to do? Well, I'm going to adjust some things. I'm going to adjust the relationships that I am. I'm going to adjust my focus. I'm going to adjust my faith level. I'm going to adjust all these different things so that I can start to run in the lane that I need to be in because I don't want to hang around this season longer than I need to. Come on. Amen. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.